everybody, fantastic episode for you. Got another episode about gurus. I love, um, you know, uh, people that debunk uh, a lot of the misinformation going on out there, especially now that um, it, it con conspiracy peddling is just uh, a, a beeline right to fame these days in a, in a world where everything is um, is determined by clickbaity uh, yeah, YouTube numbers and attention grabbing um, headlines and everything. And love this subject matter. I love it as someone that, uh, you know, has been, has had a science podcast for eight years and understands like frankly how boring half of data and analysis is and and things to 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 see people try to sound like sciencey to people that aren't um familiar with how science actually works to cobble together uh conspiracies for attention and take advantage of of uh, uh pander to people's intuitions for people who want to sound like their just first premise uh, stoner teenage black light conspiracy ideas uh, are are actually like groundbreaking ideas like oh oh my gosh you mean I shouldn't trust the the government boy I had never thought of that here everyone was going around trusting the government and then Neo came in and told me not to trust the government. I realized, oh my gosh, I shouldn't trust the government. I never even thought about that before. And they present it like this is this groundbreaking, cutting edge ideas, and then and then pander to uh, people that want to think they're uh, smart for believing a bunch of like anti-vax stuff and nonsense like that. So I recorded a bunch of these earlier in the year. And then I was like, you know what, Shane? You don't need to like dwell on this too much. Space these episodes out a bunch. Banked this for a little bit. Any Ukraine fired up and and uh, all, all the conspiracy people jumped over to there. Like, oh, see, the COVID's not getting the same attention. So now they've made up another charade of things for attention. No, that's you. That's... That's you, Russell Brand, or whichever, uh, J.P. Sears, or whichever person. That's you jumping around to whatever the attention-grabbing thing is today. That's you that needs to comment on Will Smith slapping someone and making up stories about how there's some deeper meaning behind it all. Which you can look at Russell Brand's YouTube account, see those are his most popular videos are of of uh late are about will smith so um i i don't think uh we're breaking any iq records in the uh audience looking for deeper meanings to will smith's laps but when all of that happened um i thought you know what good good maybe they'll give it a rest with all the anti-vax nonsense um, and uh, and maybe 
having a break and a little distraction from that. People will have calmed down. Numbers are down. The vaccine, there's been billions of vaccines given now worldwide. They're safe. There was just someone in Germany that just had like 87 vaccines because he was going around getting vaccinated for people for to get proof of vaccination uh, for people. He got busted for doing it um, and totally healthy and fine after 87 um, vaccinations. In case you're wondering if like you're worried about a booster or something. But um, anyhow, I was like, you know what? I might have to reach back out to my guest and just re-record this because maybe this is just an opportunity for us all to to move on with our lives. And maybe people will just start being more reasonable. And after people are like out and about and hashing out, um, you know, vaccine information well, with other regular people that are re-entering um, the, the world, they'll be like, oh yeah, I should probably just go and get vaccinated. So I just kind of leave it alone. But, uh, this, this stuff, it turns out is just going to be evergreen. It's not going away, uh, anytime soon. Um, uh, all the conspiracy stuff, all the guru crap, it's going to be with us for a very long time. So, um, as it turns out, it's the end of April, and this uh, this episode is just as relevant um, as when we recorded it. So, thought I'd give you a heads up that uh, that this uh, was recorded months ago, just in case there's references or an absence of references that um, make knowing that it was uh, pre-recorded back in January. Uh, it gives that a little more context. So, super fun episode. Hope you enjoy it. Um, if you want to support the ad-free content, non-supplement peddling podcast, that is Here We Are. Uh, you can support me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Shane Moss. That's how we pay for this. And also uh, putting together a fun um, campout slash festival in Raleigh for Mind Under Matter in September, September 8th through 11th-ish, officially like Friday the 9th through, anyway, you can get more info over on mindunderpod.com to check that out and uh, lots more details on that coming up soon because we don't have tickets for sale just yet, but you can sign up put your email in there and get alerted as new info comes in. Enjoy. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. My guest today is a postdoctoral researcher at the Institute of Cognitive and Evolutionary Anthropology. Please welcome Chris Cavanaugh, everybody. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for inviting, Shane. Uh, nice to see you. 
Yeah, we've been uh, we've been interacting on Twitter. Um, which has been a, it's a wild like ride life. over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like 50% like like real life movie. So you you are the co-host of the Guru Pod. Yeah. Um, uh, and sorry. Oh no no no. I was just saying that yeah, the decoding the guru so you recently spoke to matt um so i i'm sorry for that right but uh, you know, <laughs> we all do our duties speaking to matt on occasion so yeah you you did yeah it. yeah decoding the guru sorry i it's uh it's it, the, it, the, an the important Twitter handle is guru's pod <laughs> Oh, that's what it is. Right. Um, yeah. So super important, fun um, subject, by the way, before we get into our discussion, what do you, how would you rate my guru look? If I, usually I get the man bun up a little higher. Is it like scale one to 10? Um, I think it's, uh, it's coming along, but you, you look like it looks too well kept I, I well i guess that's a good yeah. thing right like a, a guru look should be like a little bit wild but with that like that management thing so maybe good I, i'll give it yeah. a like i'll give it a six because you know yeah i've i've seen some really good <laughs> guru looks and I, I i kind of think because we are interested in like the modern secular gurus my my like epitome of the guru modern guru look is like the kind of jew fro that you know the weinstein brothers are rocking so oh yeah it's always it's always evolving um that's the 2020s yeah, look you need a jew fro now <laughs> i'm not sure i go for that guru look as much i i miss the old like what do they call those like smocks and stuff i miss like the i don't know i'm trying to bring back the rasputin um I like, sort of thing I, I, if if i have to pick a guru i like i like that style better but this is the <laughs> you know jordan peterson as well the kind of twee time traveler uh, aesthetic I, I didn't mind that but I I think he went as far as you could push that look when he showed up like kind of in Butler at the James the, Bond yeah, yeah that was that was a step too far in the you know like formal attire it looked like yeah. he was like, popped in on his way to the prom but uh, that yeah you know. I, I don't know if you saw uh, Tim Dillon had an amazing bit about it I, I don't uh I, I think Tim Dillon and I very much uh, are at very opposite ends of, of some of our political thinking and stuff, but he's a very funny person without a doubt and very quick-witted, and he did an impression of Jordan Peterson as an angry maitre d' that is absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't yeah. seen the clip, it's on his I, Instagram. I've, I've seen it, and I have similar mixed feelings about Tim Dillon because I, I, I first came across him when he was on Rogan with, uh, like, and uh, what's his face? Alex Jones was there, and he was, like, he wasn't very good on that. He was yeah. kind of, you know, like just basically kind of clapping along Alex Jones. But but the since then, I've noticed, like, yeah, I don't really share his politics. I think he's like 
like Joe, like conspiracy prone, but he's also smarter and also he's very funny. Yeah. It's like impossible yeah. to deny that he's just very funny. So he's it's, very funny. He it has this up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of course. I mean, we we need to learn to <laughs> we need to learn to accept people of all differing sorts of uh, uh, sorts of views and everything. Of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the conspiracy stuff is always, I've, I've, I, it drives me, um, a bit crazy. What do you think? You know, I was reading some conspiracy literature, um, recently, some, a, a big review that came out, um, uh, like one year before COVID. I like reading stuff about pandemics and about conspiracy stuff that happened just before COVID because I feel like mm. it's too easy to project what's happening now onto the past for for some yeah. people so it's always interesting to to see what people's takes were before this especially when there's things that like you know really seemed to nail what's going on right now but it was put out before covid happened i i don't know i always get a kick out of that but there was some interesting um there was some interesting stuff within it I wonder if I can pull it up, but, but it, it was, it was talking about, so, you know, it was, it was pretty, it wasn't a secret that was, it, it, it was pretty anti-conspiracy theory stuff generally, but it was also talking about how, you know, there are conspiracies that do exist. And one, one point that it made that it had never, that I'd never thought about before was that there, I guess there's a bit of literature out there that, that claims that even when a conspiracy theory is wrong, there are times that wrong or even like delusional conspiracy theories have put pressure on governments and companies and institutions to increase their transparency. <laughs> you know, kind of like <laughs> some, you, you know, you, you, you say, um, you you say like diet coke is trying to like uh, commit genocide with aspartame or something like that and that forces coke to be like whoa 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 why why don't we show you what we're actually doing and 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 the world does in some ways benefit from that that increased transparency i thought that was an interesting take that i'd never considered before yeah, those it, it kind of, you know, when those kind of things happen, like I I think in general, like most people, I'm in favor of transparency, right? From from companies and pharmaceutical industries and all like whatever the case transparency tends to be better, but I I also know that, you know, there were there was all those efforts to kind of get fimerosol, the this ingredient removed from vaccines which was you know, supposed to be linked to autism, uh, according to anti-vaccine advocates. And even though there was there was no evidence for that, they eventually mm -hmm. did take it out uh, just, you know, to kind of Ugh. deal with the issue. But it didn't, it, like, the thing is, it didn't matter. You know, once it got, took out, it wasn't like the, the people then said, all right, okay, well, now that's all right. We, you know, so it just, it feels like, you can be as transparent as you want. You can take things out. You can, you know, move things around. But it'll yeah. the goalposts will always 
shift. Oh, of course. I love I love the I love the anti-vax that are just waiting for the, the you know, well, it's not FDA approved. <laughs> like yeah. like that's their concern. They're big FDA fans. And that's they a- they, they, just, they just want the thorough that stamp of approval. <laughs> yeah, that's I I I think it was on Twitter I was debating someone with that and they, you know, they were raising that point that it's you know, it's got an emergency use authorization. And that, yeah, you you find in those conversations quite quickly that like when you say okay, so so when it comes out, like when if that goes away, right? If it's if it goes through the FDA standard approval, then you'll be like the first in line. They're, they're kind of like, well, <laughs> you know, they can't even. The thing is, they could even just say yes, right? Because it's not like you're going to go to the house and say, hey, you 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 said on Twitter that you were going to be there, but they. It's like people know that they're they're not yeah, they're not gonna yeah, do that. Yeah. So they, they just kinda like, yeah, well there's there's other issues as well, but this this is one of them. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. That I, I find that with the current thing, there's this and I I don't really blame people for it because I think for a lot of people this is the first time that they're paying attention to anti vaccine rhetoric, right? It's the first time that it's been so Law. I mean, you had Jim Carrey and uh, his porn star girlfriend, whose name escapes me, Jenna. Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, but hey, um, how dare you call her a porn star and besmudge her good she? name? I don't think so. May- maybe is she? I, I don't know. I might look that up. I thought I, she, I I she was. I, I, like I, I thought I'm just accurately describing their job. So I, if, I, if, I think I, I think she was on. I don't. I, no, I think she was on Playboy and Playboy okay. or something. She was like a Playboy so model and yeah. Okay, I think like, come that's on, not, yeah, that's unfair. <laughs> but I, no, that's know, a, I, yeah, we, we need to admit faults too. There's so. no, there's no judgment. <laughs> right, that. right. She can, she could be at that. Playboy yeah, bunnies. everyone could do porn. In that case, that's <laughs> they, they are just to be clear. Playboy bunnies are not porn stars necessarily, but they could be. They, they, and <laughs> also, nothing wrong with porn stars. We're now now we all have it straight. <laughs> no, it's both are okay. But what the, when the problem comes with them is when they are anti-vax porn stars right. or anti-vax uh, Playboy bunnies, and yeah. in that case, uh, like they were prominent figures, but you know kind of it wasn't like it was on the news every day what Jim Carrey is saying about vaccines but the uh this this with covid and everybody's focused on the virus this line where people say you know it's not all vaccines it's this vaccine and then lots of people are like wow look those people you can't call them anti-vaccine because it's only this vaccine they're concerned about and it, it's like nobody has told them that actually that's what all the, the vaccine people have said throughout the ages. It's always, you know, just this triple vaccine or just this, these vaccines with fimerosal and stuff. And it's, it's always presented as, you know, in general, I'm on board with vaccines. I'm just, I just have safety concerns. And uh, yeah, so I, I feel the, there's a lot of people kind of, encountering anti-vaccine rhetoric for the first time but if you've spent a lot of time around it none of this is new it's all like it's it's paint by numbers anti-vaccine rhetoric it's it's kind of depressing it's like that bobo doll that just like bounces up and 
you know, you you cannot knock it down. It'll it'll just. It's come a back lot to- depressing. I would say it's it's beyond depressing. It's horrifying. I I mean to think about. I I think, I think that that the, I mean, the anti-vax movement was still pretty fringe before COVID, and now mm. it's it's quite mainstream when the biggest podcaster and in the world getting you know as as the gurus like to brag about getting higher ratings than like all of these mainstream media sources and i also like getting accused of watching mainstream media and i've been no 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 i don't no not me i don't watch the news like i i have to say that to defend my (laughs) like my sources no no i don't i don't inform myself yeah, at all. I don't watch it. <laughs> that would be the worst thing to do. And that the, the, there is this, like, the the kind of. I feel like when people are presenting that there, there's this weird, weird thing where like people like Jordan Peterson or, or Rogan who are like successful. And Jordan Peterson does it more than Rogan, but a lot of the guru types do it. They keep referencing how many people watch their stuff, right? Like they'll say, you know, mm-hmm. I this like Jordan Peterson will tweet out one million views for this video or that kind of thing, and I'm I'm like, they they remind me of you know the like YouTube influencers who are celebrating their milestones, but I'm like, you guys are already like huge, like. Are you still mm-hmm. looking at the individual metrics of the like videos that you put out? Because like you you already have huge audiences, but I I guess they are the kinds of people that are very focused on that kind of feedback, right? Like yeah. if there's lots of people listening and there's lots of people uh, kind of paying attention, that it kind of validates. Whereas I thought that's supposed to be the opposite, right? The mainstream, just what like everyone watches is. It's not right just because lots of people watch it, but it's it's simultaneously yeah. used as like this is a sign of you know that people want to hear it and it's legitimate. Like which one is it? Like it doesn't matter if people watch or it's a sign that you know you're yeah people it, wait, wait. yeah suddenly popularity means the quality or or accuracy or something like that. Like when has that ever been the case with anything? And <laughs> yeah. I I have uh. Yeah, there's it's a weird interacting with their followers is that because there's a lot of like um, there there's a lot of clearly it's people that really value status a lot of times. Um, mm. And there's there's a lot of like it, it reminds me of Trump so much because Trump would always talk about ratings highest rated thing as like social yeah. proof you know using lots of social proof and then and then everyone criticizing is a hater they're just yeah. a jealous hater like there's not like first of all like i have i want to be a bigger science podcast so if, if i was if i was going to be jealous or something it would be of like radio lab or something that mm. is like my actual like competitor or someone that I would like to, I, I don't feel them, at, but by the way, check out radio lab. I think they're fantastic. But, um, but, it, or if I was like jealous of the money, 
there's so many other rich people that I could trade places with that I uh, that aren't anti-vax and spreading what I view to be like pretty dangerous information that's hurting the world. And but there there's a, a lot of social proof and a lot of like jealous hater kind of defense of arguments yeah we get obviously we get a lot of that because the nature of our podcast is like commenting on other people's content right and and one thing that we frequently get is like this accusation that oh we want to you know like like highlander we want to kill them and then like you know absorb their, then you get their all power. Their... yeah and yeah I, I like i feel there's <sighs> There's a lot of this. It's it's prominent on Twitter, but it's probably prominent online in general. There's a lot of things where like people project their own like their own motivation or their own like you know w- what makes them tick onto everyone else, and it's kind of uh, yeah. understandable because you've you know you spend most of your day in your head, so you think most people probably think like you. But if you're like a a narcissistic like a high level narcissist and like you don't think like other people so when you're describing you know the motives of other people it's all around like oh this person wants to do this in order to you know attract the followers and get the attention and like a lot of times like no that's like (laughs) that's that's yeah you know like in our case we covered rogan recently before all of this, uh, like the the kind of current controversy around, you know, the the N word usage came a- around, which is the best thing that ever happened to him. Like he was, yeah. he was starting to, he he, like people were really starting to get wise to like the anti vaccine, like pseudoscience, all of that stuff. And uh, imagine that. Imagine, imagine. Imagine such a career that an N-word compilation comes out about you and it's it saves the day for That's you. A- it increases your audience size. The, I bet the, I bet he has I bet he's gonna double his audience worldwide because because of that. The the thing that got me about that, like and I, I did think it was like Un- unfortunate that that it yeah. became like everything became tangled up in that issue because like the outcome and I understand that in America you know culture war terms like the the use of the n word is like a much bigger issue for you know media and all that kind of thing but but the outcome right. was Spotify took whatever like seventy or hundred episodes or whatever down um from the record but the anti-vax ones the yeah. recent ones. Are, are still there and with no warning yeah. attached like all this stuff about you know we're going to put warnings and things like they're not retroactively or at least they haven't yet retroactively uh, applied it so it's like okay you took down these videos that like nobody was watching from you know e- years ago where somebody you yeah it's all ratings like of course he doesn't care <laughs> like right but, but you left up the the Malone and McCulloch this, episodes, which are the stuff the, actually doing like lots of damage because people are listening to it in high numbers and there's no disclaimer did, or anything. But did you notice, know Shane? I thought this was like kind of funny that like Joe had booked on a whole bunch of like culture war guests in the, in the the month this month 
Um, and he had Majid now as the like British um, kind of pol political commentator, but like a, a guy who has really went into conspiracy land, anti-vaccines, and you know the the World Economic Forum is plotting the Great Reset. Like he's he's full on conspiracy theorist now, and and his not episode was familiar. not was not released. He he, he did a. He did a book with Sam Harris, which which raised his profile a lot. But um, yeah, so he he recorded an episode with Rogan, and then the the whole controversy broke, and then uh, the episode didn't come out. Imagine posted on his Substack saying, "Okay, the episode didn't come out. The episode after me has come out, and and Joe said it'll you know maybe it'll take a week or so because we need to wait for things to calm down. But if it doesn't come out, I'm gonna." I'm going to be the only person silenced in the history of like Rogan and, and we'll have to have words and all this. And obviously it's not, it's not come out. And now it's going to be, I don't think it'll be released because it'll be, you know, if they release it a couple of months after, it'll be talking about stuff that happened months ago. So mm -hmm. it, Majid is going like kind of mad. And I, I, I'm, I'm here for it because I feel like this is the bed that... That he made for himself by, you know, he got in this trouble and I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward. Like I much prefer that the anti-vax crazy episode is not out there in the world. Like this right. is actually a good sign. Right. Yeah. I, I think so too. I mean, look, if, if, if Joe Rogan actually reversed course and got vaccinated himself and like told all of his followers and everything else, like, you know, I was wrong. We screwed up and, uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going back to, uh, you know, supporting vaccine movements and blah, blah, blah. Like it would, you know, it would, it would be, uh, I, I think it would do a lot of good in the world, but if I'm, I'm not, I'm not crossing. I'm not holding my breath for anything like that to happen. I think he's going to get worse, probably, but we'll we'll see. By the time, I, I mean, within hours of his "I'll do better" video, he posted some "Looky here, Ivermectin" thing, and then yeah, retweeted by twenty thousand people, and then and then it's not his got first. corrected and deleted, and it's just. You it's know, not his first there's, there's apology no rodeo. Like he's he knows how to right. do this and he knows the reaction. Yeah, and yeah. like I actually saw there was a sitcom that he was on, I think in the nineties, like about a like a radio show or something, and he was the like the kind of character playing the tech guy on it, but the tech guy's name was Joe, and his characteristic mm -hmm. was that he's a conspiracy theorist. Right. So obviously mm -hmm. it like it was based on him right as like his his tendencies were known and that's just like he's he you don't change a lifetime of conspiracy theorizing no. like, one of his best friends is alex jones i mean yeah yeah that's not gonna he's not just gonna reverse course all of a sudden it's 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 pretty it's it, it's it's pretty amazing did you did you see the um, one of the clips that I wish would have circulated more is this old, he was in a radio thing and, and he, did you hear, see the one with him yelling at the primatologist? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was telling. 
that yeah, was that, like, oh, that's who he is at his core. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's actually like, got, like he'd improved at least the delivery from that period because that was tough to listen to. It yeah. was like, it wasn't even funny. It was just like yeah. a, a really, really hyper fragile aggressive meal guy like going off at the slightest pro- provocation and it, like it wasn't it was sort of delivered as if it was a joke but it just didn't ring it was that good comedy yeah so it, yeah it was basically him talking about some mythical like bigfoot ish creature a primatologist calls in to correct him and he starts screaming at her and mocking yeah. her for being a female um and yeah yeah, that's that that is i I, there is this there's this interesting thing now where alex jones is the archetype of the conspiracy theorist and people are like kind of like the people that are like oh well i've I'm not anti-vax. It's only this. I just have questions about this. What's blah, 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 safety. There's, this is kind of the new age of conspiracy peddling where it's, you know, these Malones and, uh, and Weinsteins and stuff that are just like very calm, level headed seeming, uh, stuff. If you aren't following them on Twitter anyway. Um, but you, you hear them talk and it's just like, Oh, this seems like a really like Joe. I don't listen to his podcast much, but when I have for like getting ready for, like I emceed a psychedelic conference last fall and I had to get ready to present some of the guests that were on it. A couple of them were on Rogan. So I listened. He likes to remind people of how nice of a person he is like a lot. Mm. Like he's like, listen, I'm a nice guy. I'm an, I'm a nice guy. He's like, (laughs) why, who needs to say that so much? I've, I've been one thing that's kind of impressed me since we had a podcast and like got a degree of following is is like and it, it it's more so in the guru's content but it also happens it happens to us it's like if you say something right if you if you just say like yeah and i was very reasonable and i you know i didn't lose my temper there's there's some portion of people listening who go yeah, he was very reasonable and he didn't lose his temper. And it, it doesn't matter if you went like mad and you were, you know, yeah. s- screaming. It's like people just editorializing at the end of some segment. Like Joe Joe can go off and then at the end of it say, you know, and look, I'm I'm just, you know, I'm just giving ideas. I'm I'm just a guy. I this is mm. just me talking. And it it's like people there's there's a lot of people who then react well he's just a guy he didn't meet you know he he didn't advocate his thing and he could spend like 20 minutes detailing this conspiracy saying all virologists are liars the vaccine is you know the deaths are being hidden and stuff and then at the end like brett weinstein is excellent at this he just says of course you know we don't know for certain that that's the case, but uh, a lot of evidence points that way. And you're like, but you just, you, you can't just do that. Like it doesn't, it, but it does. Lots of people are like, well, but he said, did you not notice? He said, 
like he's not a hundred percent sure. So you can't really criticize him because he he's very humble. <laughs> like yeah, that's not humble. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Like Rogan saying, "I'm a nice guy." Yeah, you are. You know, you seem a nice guy. He's a mm, nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's. What do you think about there? To me, there's one thing I I notice is there really is such a difference between the gurus, the conspiracy peddling gurus, and then the um. And, and the people kind of profiting and gaining status and where they're they're on what is like probably like a fun ride for them in a lot of ways where you're getting to make these novel connections and connect all these dots and you're getting attention for it and people are looking at you like a hero but then if you're a conspiracy believer, a lot of that's coming from like a pretty dark place. There's a lot of, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of like loss of, uh, loss of predictability and control, like, you know, major stressor life events. Conspiracy people that I know are like, uh, the, the, the two, the two people that I know got like the most lost, like, changed their entire personality rabbit holes one one it was after an ms diagnosis another was um after their mom died and then they had other stuff going on like their work life just things just weren't working out for them anyway and it was just like this major life event that kind of just broke them and they started attaching to these things and that and that's because speaking of projecting a lot of the I, I was looking at some research kind of uh, indicating, you know, a, a lot of a lot of conspiracy people uh, just have trouble imagining um, uh, uh, imagining people having um, like positive intrinsic motivations in life. Mm. They have they have trouble imagining people wanting to do good in the world. So everyone's plotting because often it's what they would do in, in the situation. Like they would be looking for the angle or whatever. And so they have a difficult time. And so it's, there, there's an interesting dynamic where the guru is a different person than the follower. You know, I think, I think there's a like double edged sword dynamic to it, which is on the one hand, conspiracy theories, provide you with a sense of like understanding of a messy world right like the things aren't random they're they're being designated and there is like a binary force of good and evil in the world and you know you can fight back against the globalists and the the evil elites and uh so in that sense it often gives you like a a worldview that makes sense of everything that's happening it's it's not random it's not like uh you know just the the universe throwing the dice it 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 all is planned and and we need to treat it as such but on the other side of that is what you say which is that it really heightens the extent to which people are readily willing at least for the art group to assign like nefarious motives right and the, like this this happens, for example, when people are discussing um, around the virologists' community and their response to like the the 
research about you know where the virus came from and stuff that that basically what a lot of people want to posit is that the virologists are all lying that they're you know mm -hmm. they're all across these different countries and different research groups and different labs the virologists are lying about how they assess the evidence because the majority of them think that you know the the evidence currently more strongly favors uh, a natural origin that's the more likely outcome they don't rule out the lab leak but they they're assessing the evidence in that way but people people can't accept that that like that's just what it is you know they they are based basing their views on the assessment it has to be that they're trying to protect the pharmaceutical industry they've got vested interests they've got conflict of interest and this applies you know to like postdocs or like or tenured staff or you know swiss scientists french scientists german you know the japanese they're all they have to all be kind of like conspiring together except for the small percentage you know uh, like the the smaller percentage of scientists who will assign the lab like a higher probability and those people are like the only truthful ones with the the spine and yeah. the kind of you know the good motives and it's it's just like that's 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 a huge that is a huge conspiracy it's not framed as such but it it is because like when you listen there's a podcast called twiv this week in virology and it, it often gets demonized by the the kind of people who promote lab like because they're quite critical about that but if you listen to it it's a bunch of virologists talking about viruses right they they're on like episode 800 or something they were doing this years before this virus emerged and that's what they've done for decades right they they know viruses inside and out they talk about viruses they're just talking about studies and the notion that they are all kind of lying in order to yeah. you know protect pharmaceutical industries or protect china it's like it's farcical and you can hear them you know discuss and disagree and all this but people are like Nobody is allowed to discuss these things. Nobody can have, you know, debates about evidence or these things. And you, you can literally go and listen to virologists discuss details of studies week in and week out. Yeah. But, but people would rather listen to Russell Brand or Joe Rogan's opinion about, you know, uh, where the virus came from or, or what the characteristics are. And it's like, it is, that is kind of frustrating and disappointing because you're constantly being told like people were saying you cannot say that the virus likely escaped from a lab or you'll be removed from all social media platforms i've talked with people on all social media platforms they never shut up about that and none of them yeah. got removed right like you have to try yeah. really hard to, yeah. to kind of push it the way that you get removed two so, years uh, ago you weren't allowed to you would be banned for like no i was there no one was being <laughs> banned for saying those things that's insane it's just like it's such gaslighting and and it's and it's it's like it would need to go so much deeper than the virologist you need every just like you know, I have like entomologists on on the show talking about insects and stuff, but they understand biology and genetics. It's you know they they would be able to look at a few things and be like, huh, actually, you know, you you would need you would need every mathematician, every data analyst. You would just need the entire globe of scientists in on this thing and like. 
how much would that cost? Do people think that there's like 50 scientists in the entire world? So you just pay those 50 off? And I think their, their <laughs> conception is that, you know, it's all like kind of internal suppression or like the head of the lab right. doesn't allow it and that kind of thing. But the, the other thing which people like don't factor in either is like when you have a discipline with you know, thousands, possibly tens of thousands of people within it. Just natural variation means that there will be some proportion of those who will take extreme views, right? Like mm -hmm. Robert Malone or Peter McCulloch. And will have legitimate credentials and a legitimate research career, but are mentalists, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're, yeah. they're people who are like cuckoo. And they, they will promote, you know, unhinged conspiracy theories. But, but people seem unable to factor in that, like, dent, you know, doctors, dentists, virologists, so on. They're all just people. So any number of them can, can fall into, you know, the same pitfalls. Maybe the percentage is, like, overall lower than the general population because, you know, they're scientifically trained in that. But, like, you get enough people, you'll get some of them that say the opposite of whatever the you know the consensus is and Joe Rogan is like a homing missile for those people and he'll you know he'll he'll find them and it's it's that false equivalence things that people used to do with climate change where they'd they'd have a pro not pro but like a, a scientist saying climate change is happening and one saying it isn't and they say you know we're gonna hear both sides it's like but 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 this guy has like the vast amount of support from the scientific, uh, like consensus of scientists, overwhelmingly, this guy is mm -hmm. is like a fringe view. So you, sh if you present both sides as if it's like a a fifty fifty thing, it's it's doing a disservice to the like evidence. That's another thing that I I found really interesting. There was a there was a bit of work looking at the popularity of vaccine sites versus anti-vaccine websites and like of course people aren't spending pro-vaccination people aren't spending a lot of time going to pro-vaccination webs i mean unless you're like me and you're like oh you know what i'll take an infectious disease course i would like to learn you know it's kind of a part of the my path and having the show and interviewing people that i need to have like some 101 knowledge about these things and and whatnot but but who's going to a pro vaccine website but but what I, one thing i found interesting when they were like kind of looking at the differences in in messaging like obviously no one's going to check out the cdc if you're pro cdc like you don't go to the i follow the cdc on instagram i actually like their their stuff but like not many people follow or care when they're like how come they don't talk about eating healthy and exercising like oh. do you follow the cdc that's mostly what they do it's this the majority is, of what they do i can't it's, remember which agency <laughs> this was but you know the i i found the american i can't remember which organization it is but there's actually may, maybe it's a who that, that like you know, people were saying they don't promote, like, like you say, you know, fitness and eating healthy. And they, they have an entire, uh, like, it's division so and account that all it does 
It's like the nutrition, you know, world nutrition or whatever. And it just pumps out every day saying, you know, <laughs> eat vegetables, get exercise. Yeah. And, and nobody, nobody cares about it, right? Like nobody pays attention to it, but it's like, it's like not, we it's, haven't been inundated with nutrition and diet tips and every other damn thing our entire lives. You, yeah. you can't you can't go anywhere without being slammed with like some new fitness fad or this thing that you need to do to lose weight or get healthy. You can't walk through a grocery store without seeing, you know, the magazine and the aisle as you're checking out that has high tips for taking care of for like getting stronger fucking knees or whatever the new thing that they're excited <laughs> about even you know like the notion that doctors and health like public health bodies have not been trying to get people to like you know eat vegetables and fruits yeah. and drink water and do exercise for like 50 years right and nobody like it doesn't matter the whole point is they have constantly been telling people that and people don't do it, right? Like, because it's, it's hard, right? It's, and it's, you know, there's, there's, it's easier to like eat unhealthy and not exercise. So this. Like, it was yeah, one of the biggest controversies that Michelle Obama ever faced was exactly. forwarding public in, in increasing the health of public school lunches it was like uh, many of the like fox news types and stuff took direct aim at that and the tyranny of making kids eat vegetables and yeah and it, it, tr trump trump actually got rid of whatever policy <laughs> she implemented he got rid of it on her birthday on the, on the way very unlike him that's not like him to be so petty very very surprising but it's the, in general that like absolute lack of concern about consistency in your argument or you know the logic of your worldview it really gets to me and it, yeah. it happens a lot and it, it also happens with people i agree with like I think the truckers convoy at the minute, right? One, it's mostly not truckers, <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. and and two, it the organizers, a whole bunch of them, have very clearly documented like far right connections, and you know it's. But I do think that people pointing out that like uh, there's a there's a podcast i listen to and really like called knowledge fight which covers alex jones and they're they're really good and they're very critical guys and they were talking about like how the demands from the trucker convoy are like unspecific and kind of insane right they're like trudeau must resign all vaccinations must stop like the um, and they also put like things on the american government right which like what what are the canadian government supposed to do that but the um, when they were talking about that and saying this is how you know it's not you know a, a sincere movement it doesn't have an organization it doesn't have like clear aims I was thinking like that is not the stance that left progressive people took when it came to Occupy and the you know the, the in that case that was right. the criticism made like what are the what do you want and it was all unclear and some of it was utopian but I I don't like that when people kind of apply inconsistent standards, in, including people that are, you know, 
on my side of the political aisle. Right. And I, right, right. Everyone does it, but I do think the right wing do it more. <laughs> so, so I, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it, it's to me, it's, it's an issue. Uh, I, I, I think it's, I think an easy thing to do is to pander to just innate human intuition. And you have just far more intuitive uh, gut feeling thinkers on the right. So when you have, when you have, because there's not, there's just not as, as much in terms uh, there, there's, there's not as many, um, I, I have a blue collar upbringing. I'm raised around construction workers. I, 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 the, the longest jobs that I held were all working in factories. Um, I, as a comedian, I predominantly toured the central time zone and like around the Bible belt and stuff. That was kind of like my bread and butter butter. I spent plenty of time or my, my extended family is huge mega, like still have mega flags in their front yard and everything. And it's a lot of like trusting your intuition. And there's a lot of counterintuitive idea, uh, things that need to be known in our modern world. So things like, things like, an asymptomatic spread of disease oh, yeah. that's counterintuitive getting a getting a needle with a foreign substance jabbed into you is i donate blood like i i get nervous every time the needle goes into me and have like you know my intuition fires up and is like what are you sure. doing right now you know and and masks are crazy looking and uh, uncomfortable and it goes against every intuition and if you can just validate intuition with like a, a really intelligent sounding reasoning i think that there's just a huge market for that i i think you're right and i also think like it kind of you know, in a horseshoe way, it kind of loops around because you see this crossover now from the kind of crunchy left, like, you know, the kind of yoga moms and the, uh, like the, oh, yeah. the, the conspirituality guy, that's like the term yes. that the, there's a nice podcast that, that covers that area. And you can see that like figures like Russell Brand and stuff are also attracted to the, like the kind of populist rhetoric, which, which is currently like very strongly tinged to the, the right and so so they end up with this crossover but it, but even you know you're talking about the kind of uh like that this that kind of intuitive thinking can be you know common amongst uh like it is more common amongst working class and maybe less educated people but i think a knowledge trap which is equally as effective is just when people are educated um and to view themselves as like well-informed and scientifically literate, they still engage in that kind of thinking and they can then amass often a lot of it. Like, I think in those cases, it's people like the Weinsteins and stuff that appeal because they're, they're making reference to science, they're referencing studies they're and they're kind of pandering to their audience saying, you know, you guys are the, the ones that are willing to look critically and stuff and like actually not just follow the sheep and so on. And I, I think that mm -hmm. message, it appeals to people who haven't gotten that education and haven't been successful. And it appeals to people who have an education, but, you know, don't have a speciality 
because it it flatters right. both types that like yes you can be you know the the kind of true scientific darwin of the modern age by like listening to people on the podcast talk about conspiracy theories like the logic doesn't hold up but the the appeal is really uh i think understandable because it's it's yeah. nice to be told you're special and that you don't think like everyone else and you know you look beyond the headlines i i've been following the idw for because of it, evolution's my main thing that i that i love and i'm passionate about so because of that i've been following the idw for a long time i got to see the whole origin story of it and and, and uh the populist pandering of the idw of like man of the people types like i saw in the uh, reporter commenting on um some chatter in the trucker convoy they're they are talking about jordan peterson being the essence of a man and this sort of thing and like and it, like people don't do you know how many cowboys and rednecks like i've gotten absolutely shit-faced with it over the years you know how many like mechanical bulls i've ridden and everything <laughs> like i've hung out with plenty of like the fucking jordan peterson and his tweed bullshit is like he, he would have nothing to do with half of half of these these uh people but then but then yeah then there's the other side of like intellectuals that aren't um that aren't that that are or, or intelligent people that aren't that don't have the cognitive toolkit to understand a specific problem like uh you know they're an architect yeah. um and and so they're like I'm a smart person I can figure this out I'm yeah. intelligent I'm an architect and then a specific virology problem comes and they're like, Oh yeah, I'll just look at a few things and be able to figure it out. It's like, no, you, you can see that a lot with like, you know, the, the people who went from like being financial analysts to epidemiologists. And it's, it's like, mm -hmm. that's not the same. Yes. You can, you can build models and stuff, but like the, there is a reason that people spent decades to get PhDs in epidemiology and it like I'm not saying that you can't do amateur analysis and it'd be you know useful or or potentially insightful but I I think the culture the current culture especially in America it doesn't tell people enough that like no you know you're not <laughs> special yes if you want to actually know about the subject you you do have to spend like years like studying it and doing yeah. boring stuff not not engaging in culture war stuff like actually just going to classes to learn the basics and that's the bit that people they want to listen to podcasts where people devise new theories of evolution on the fly and like that's not how science works it's never been like that and it, i it always even, ask people if they've taken an in just an intro to like uh, infectious disease course online. You know, there's a zillion free online yeah. courses. You can do the Coursera or edX or whatever else. And never, not, not to, I'm not judging people that, that haven't taken, but, but I, I think if you want to think that, you know, more about infectious disease than uh, the consensus of all of virology, like maybe take a one-on-one 
course. Well, they, this is a, you know, it kind of links to the point you're making about like the pandering or the kind of populist sentiment. Because like if you grew up and you knew working class people or your family are from working class background, and uh, I would say I I have a familiarity with uh, like the that that culture as it exists in Northern Ireland, and I'm under like no illusions about the like. There are there are working class people that are very nice. There are working class people that are complete assholes, and there's there's mm-hmm. lots of like fairly toxic, you know, homophobic kind of stuff sentiments oh, in those yeah. communities. But the the thing is, you can there is an issue about elitism and people looking down on you know like people who are not in the like upper educated classes. But there's also this thing, and I think it's just a different form of looking down where you treat working class people almost as if they aren't people as if they're like totemic forces for you know the the salt of the earth or that kind of thing that's like no they're they're just like people just like you and just like yeah. you know but the the idw people often kind of present themselves as if they're they are standing up and they're able to represent you know yeah. the, the view of the the masses which goes unrepresented and i'm like that's you're you're usually just kind of cloaking your opinion and tying it to this like fantasy version of the people or the working class and it it, it feels like a, not that entirely this more sophisticated version than what like trump did and mm-hmm. like i get i think that most people get why that was manipulative like you know it, it, you understand why that message is appealing but, but most right. people don't understand, okay, if you're saying I'm the voice of the people and you're a, like, millionaire, uh, there is there is a, an element there of, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're pulling a trick to some extent. But, yeah, that's it. I, so I find, that, I find that frustrating, the constant, like, appeal to the every man, which it... Yeah. Yeah. It, it's based on the fantasy perception um rather than it's, like it's a also realistic assessment like the the stuff of like they aren't the idw's original thing was like we aren't allowed to present science we aren't able to share our findings without being censored and like first of all i've been doing this podcast for eight years i've never heard i've never had anyone on like we're we're having a, a th- this is until covid and and having like a few conversations like this like i most of the guests that i have on are like the least politically oriented people the the least uh, the least um you know they they make very few assertions and like hard claims about things then you look at the idw and it's nothing but like very matter of fact hyper political uh, like every everyone's not just a evolutionary biologist anymore they're a, they're a historian and a political yeah. scientist and psychologist and every other damn thing jordan peterson's a, a climate expert now and and all of sorts of other <laughs> he read to there's also books, you know i i uh, yeah, uh, there, there's also, I, I think that everyone wants to be able to say something, uh, about mm. anything. It, 
and you want to be able to participate in a conversation. And a lot of people aren't equipped to have conversations that are like so specifically scientific in about forming models about what is objective reality. And so a lot of the arguments get ripped into the world of the subjective this yeah. is where like culture wars and politics and and I- messy ideas of like what freedom is, which is like a subjective ideal that, that you you put freedoms like this great sounding word that you can't argue with, you know, and people just use launch whatever their version of it is to attack whatever side they want. And, and, and and we all want more freedom for ourselves than for other people, you know, and, and so like doing science in a lot of ways is like frustrating and boring. And, and Mm -hmm. like even social science is like that when people do it, it doesn't give the same kind of satisfaction as like the, you know, engaging in the culture war debates or that kind of thing. So it's like it on the one hand, it's understandable, but on the other, it's it's like kind of it's false to present it as if this is all debates around like around scientific truth and, you know, what can be researched and what can not like because almost all of the people that are that are significant figures in the IDW have absolutely no research portfolios whatsoever they're like mm-hmm. even including Sam Harris who's published you know one or two papers on neuroscience with like extremely small sample sizes and drawing quite I would say unwarranted confidence in the conclusions from them but like Brett Weinstein has two papers from a 20 or 30 year career so like these people are not the people that, you know, given the opportunity would be revolutionizing fields. They're, they're not mm-hmm. like they are what they appear to be now, which is like cultural commentators, political activists and that kind of thing. And like they they really should be thanking the culture war for existing because yeah. that gave them the the megaphone. And like, if they were just random professors in a university, you know, like with hardly any publications, they'd just be doing what they were doing pre-pandemic, which in, mm-hmm. it, in Brett Weinstein's case was like teaching at a very progressive university and teaching courses that he designed about like how to survive the pandemic or like not the pandemic, how to survive a post-apocalyptic world. Um, mm-hmm. but this, so he was, you know, just playing in his sandbox and now he's on Tucker Carlson trying to start unity 2020 to determine the next president. And like, that's LARPing as well. Like that, that was never going to happen, but why are it, it's kind of like, <laughs> why is it treated as if we need to listen to these mm. people? Cause you don't just walk into university rock up to the nearest like you know associate professor or whatever and like who whatever field and just be like what do you think we should do for you know how should we run elections or stuff like why would they know right like they can have an opinion but you don't have to treat it like it's it's anything more than just like a person's opinion and yeah mm-hmm. that's that's a first thing Looking, dealing with gurus all the time just makes you like 
despair at the nature of humanity. But, yeah, um, for sure. I l- let me throw something at you because I have you for about do I do I have you for ten more minutes before you need to run? You're you're yeah, go- 20, going to get your booster. 20. Oh really? Ah yes. Okay. All right. Let me hit you with something because I want to get into a different. I I. I Noticing a bubbling guru grift out there. Let me set this up. Let's go back to the difference between the vaccine and the anti-vaccine websites. Well, one, the anti-vaccine websites are usually just better. Uh, um, you know, there's there's sometimes more. They look nicer. But one of the things that I that I saw referenced um, was that the anti-vaccine websites they'll have pro-vaccine arguments on them kind of like when you go to the um like i've been to the creation museum um outside Mm. of uh cincinnati and they'll present what is the idea of evolution well if you actually know evolution you're like that's not at all what the idea is but they present so it's like they're showing both sides of it and it's like it's kind of i don't know if you're familiar with uh like uh here in here in the united states we have a car insurance geico that mm. part of part of their success is that they showed the rates of all of the other insurance companies so you go to compare but then you trust them more because it's like hey mm. the cards on the table here and that's that's also there's like a lot of disclaimer effect used by these gurus too like hey look well let's don't listen to me i don't you know i'm just asking questions here what do i know you know and we're all just trying to sort this out that disclaimer effect where people that gives them the liberty to really go off <laughs> and and make grander claims and the listeners don't discount just how much they 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 don't really pay enough attention to that disclaimer um but they're like i trust this guy he put a disclaimer in there but sorry go ahead well I'll, i'll let you comment on that and then i'm gonna trap the related idea that i wanted to share the only thing i was gonna say is like my my actual academic research is around the like cognition of ritual um, and the kind of effects of participating in collective rituals. And uh, like rituals occur across right all like people think about them, they think about like mass or they think about, you know, like religious rituals. But like in actual fact, a big part of all societies and all, a lot of daily interactions are, are, is ritualized, right? Like whether you handshake people and also, you know, the the way that the president is inaugurated, uh, right? Like, why why did Obama have to re- re- repeat the the Pledge of Allegiance when he got one word wrong, right? What does that matter? Nobody thinks that it actually meant that he wasn't, you know, going to become the president, but he did need to do it. Mm-hmm. And because, like, people think rituals matter. And, like, I mentioned that because I think one thing when you study ritual cognition is that you realize there's a whole lot of things which people are unaware of that being affected by and doing in their daily life, like procedural scripts, which run. And they're actually not bad because you need rituals in order to like be able to offload some cognitive processing in society. And also 
we seem attuned to when there is a ritual, you know, for certain different types of rituals to pay attention and stuff. So it, it, it could very well be very important to like the way that humans learn things, for example, and, and, and mm-hmm. all these kind of things. But people don't tend to focus on those like aspects which are below conscious awareness for kind of obvious reasons and don't see themselves as being, you know, influenced by their environment and other people and the way that people use rhetorical techniques. And it's, it's the same kind of thing that like, it's, it is something that you become, become aware of. You can like, you can make yourself more aware of the ritualized routines that you do as well. And, and anybody that's recorded like a podcast becomes aware of all the verbal texts that they have, for example. Right. But you otherwise don't notice in your daily life. And I, I think there's a little bit of a, uh, like it's, it's the fact that paying attention to those things and, and recognizing them, it, it takes effort. And it's also like, it's a little bit annoying because you start to realize how easily you're being pushed around or how much of what you believe and what you do is not based on, you know, like scientific principles and that, but is more these kind of rough and ready heuristics that all humans operate by. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's not the image that people like to have of themselves is, is being influenced by their society and, you know, just like going along with the flow. But, but in reality, you couldn't function in society if you, if you weren't that kind of thing. So it's, it's like, it's unavoidable and everybody should, um, I think acknowledge the extent to which, you know, the social environment and the news sources and the gurus, they all influence you. And, and you're a lot of it. You're, you're largely unaware of, and that's, that's unavoidable. Like as well as your genes and your evolutionary history and various, uh, uh, various neural diversity that you have. It's, 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 yeah. Um, well, okay. Last, last little thing, new, guru grift that's been bubbling up i like the uh what do you what what's your take on the alt middle kind of oh yeah uh, yeah yeah stuff going on that's that's a good new grift because it's that's why i said that because you characterize things it's brilliant in a lot of ways especially if you're really verbally fluent and educated and can make things sound convincing because you're you're not one of these crazy extremists on one side or the other. You're this perfect. It's it's you know. I think I think in some social realms and political realms, you can kind of like, uh, hey, where do we where do we fall on? Um, these financial concerns or like affirmative action or something like that. And you can, and you can kind of figure out like this, uh, uh, the Overton window and, and be in the middle, but then there's objective realities, like how effective and safe is a vaccine or does it cause autism? You can't go, 
Well, one person says vaccines don't cause autism. Another person says they cause all of the autism. So I'll just say like vaccines cause a little bit of autism. And then I'm like, I'm compromising and I'm not one of these delusional extremists. And it's like, no, sorry, sorry, Goldilocks. This isn't porridge. Not everything is like in the middle of these these two extremes and that's not how you measure objective reality in every circumstance and yeah. but it seems like there's there's like people like facade uh who oh yeah uh, com- comes to mind as as uh forwarding this grift and oh i don't by by the time i hope that what's the date that this is like the february 16th that we're recording this mm-hmm. i if he's on Rogan by the time this episode comes out in a few weeks, I'll I'll be I'll be thrilled because it's like, I, I, um, it, it's he's clearly trying so hard to get in on on that and use that angle of like, all right, well, I'm just going to be the sensible person in in the room here. Yeah, so I think you'd like if I was advising about investing in guru stocks, I'd I'd like fully uh, recommend to invest in that kind of ecosphere, the alt center or alt middle. And Vinay Prasad is is a figure that I've noticed as as well. And I I think that he's very likely to come on Rogan soon. And he already um, was promoted by Barry Weiss, who Barry Weiss has a like is is very very susceptible to these kind of people. Like she she also was long term promoting Brett and Heller Hang as like valuable resources on COVID and vaccines, like deep into mm-hmm. the pandemic. So she's just I mean she's just not good on these kind of things. But with Vinay, so he covered the Malone and McCulloch episodes that we did, and he he touted it as. Okay, I'm gonna do the definitive, most fair, most balanced breakdown. Yeah, of like I saw it. I read the whole thing, and it's and Rogan retweeted he, it. Yeah, because like what yeah. it comes down to is him exactly doing what you're saying. Which like if you took the things, he basically gave them about a fifty percent bill of health. Right? He said, "Yeah, oh, they they're advancing some conspiracy theories which they don't have evidence for, but these all are like out of the six points, three of them have." value uh validity and he didn't like none of the things that he addressed was like the pandemic nature or none of the things he addressed was like them promoting aids denialists and hiv aids denialists or rfk jr and so prasad Mm. is basically he's laundering their reputation and he's also laundering rogan's reputation because he's saying that what rogan said is right it's like these guys are important to the conversation they bring some points that are too extreme but they also have good points and we need to debate them and he he whitewashes all of the like kind of extreme content as well they did say all their stuff but i don't have time to cover it and i i felt like vanai and and others that are around that kind of approach that they're they're very clearly positioning themselves as like the reasonable center ground but the reality is that they're they're lending a lot of credence to like outright extreme conspiracism and they they do push back but they push back within certain bounds and it's it is very frustrating because it's it's 
a little bit harder to show what they're doing because mm-hmm. like it's not so it's not you know like an alex jones things it's not even as like as simplistic as brett weinstein it's more like mm-hmm. vinai is somebody that advocates vaccines right he is someone who has promoted vaccination throughout the pandemic um but he mm-hmm. he also is someone who like primarily talks about the problems with you know like vaccination campaigns and like vaccinating children he he really overstates the le- the level of of harm and and danger and so yeah i think that whole arena is is going to become bigger and but it i i do think that it's just simply a repackaging of like almost the idw stance and, I, uh, your your phrasing of laundering <laughs> that's such a brilliant that's exactly what they're doing like and i i don't know who i don't know who to tease apart because it is like it's a it's a more sophisticated um like like z dog is a little bit of of the same way where i'll listen to some of his stuff and be like yeah there's some really great information in there and god damn is this guy likable and verbally fluent and everything but he's it's so it's so like hey let's all just calm down huh like I'm a nice guy here. Let's not go crazy about the. And then he forwarded, you know, the Omicold stuff, mm-hmm. which is like, no, like I get from a from a doctor point of view, you want people thinking positive because that's good for your health or something like that, and you might have some biases in there, but you don't get to put the toothpaste back in the tube if you if you tell people like oh this isn't severe it's not a big deal it's probably good for you if you get it this is the end of the pandemic and then you go whoopsie daisies it wasn't well that's the damage is done if i go like this might be really severe and then a month later i go you know what false alarm it wasn't like the damage was anxiety you know and people like wearing maybe more masks than they needed to or or something like that maybe not attending as many events as they maybe could have and there's just there's just not there's not the same cost involved of telling people like yeah go out and get ami cold no big deal and then people are like you're calling this mild and you know sorry that's too a, late that's the like i i also find that the um like Z Z Dog figures and all of those like the oh what what did I there was a parallel that was like really coming uh clear to mind when you said that. Uh I just need to remind myself what the I was gonna say. Uh so you were you were talking about the their ability to kind of promote narratives that like have a greater cost, right, on one side than the other yeah and uh i think that the the idw set as well like has there's like this offshoot of it like the kind of sense making ecosystem matt and i have talked about it right and 
on the one hand, they're uh, they're like they're a bit better than you know the like Dave Rubin side of the like partisan like conspiracists. But but what they tend and and some of them have even come out and like kind of been pushing back on ivermectin claims or like anti-vaccine stuff like David Fuller on Rebel Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that channel, I still have this problem where like they can recognize right like what Brett and and Heller have gone on to do, and they recognize the Robert Malone's and Peter McCulloch's, but they're very susceptible to people. Like they, they kind of think, okay, so those guys have gone wrong on those issues, but they have a lot of valuable things to say about like other topics. And they, they don't, and this I think applies to like people like Sam Harris and stuff as well, is that they don't reflect on their inability to recognize, like lots of their friends became election conspiracy and COVID conspiracy fears. And they're kind of like, yeah, it's crazy. You know, like lots of people went off the deep end. And you, I, when I talked to Sam Harris, I was trying to say, yeah, but don't you notice that a lot of them are your friends? Like they're in your ecosystem. So does that not tell you that there's something there that, you know, you aren't picking up that 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 is other because other people were telling you that they're conspiracy prone. And I I think that there is that problem that people don't recognize conspiracy prone tendencies and they're kind of like they like the people giving the the very intellectual pseudo profound you know discussion of bitcoin or discussion of like the political ecosystem in the nine sphere integral system that we need to understand and like i wish uh that they could make the connection that part of the reason those people have a following is like that verbal fluency, that ability to, you know, like just waffle about topics in this kind of like pseudo scientific but profound sounding way, that's part of the mm-hmm. problem. It's not part of the solution. And I think yeah. Z Dog and Vinay Prasad are the kind of people that are like quite attracted to that kind of thinker. They also have interacted with the sense making like kind of thinkers and they yeah. tend to view them as good. And I, it's like, it all feels to me like empty intellectual calories. So yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect way of putting it. Uh, Chris, I got to get, I got to let you go. You got to go get your uh, microchip booster um, so <laughs> that they right. can still, uh, otherwise they're not going to be able to track you. That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> anymore. I'm, I'm beginning to think independently and I want to uh, yeah, 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 yeah. something. So I, I need to go get like boosted before those thoughts take over but uh, I, i'd like to have you on again sometime to talk about your your background and your actual like not non-decoding the guru stuff some of the uh ritualistic um anthropologist evolution of, of that stuff and uh would be a really interesting conversation uh as well yeah. but i'm i'm thrilled that you came on to talk about this is just a timely issue that is uh of in, in my importance or in my in my opinion of great importance right now and and something mm. that people are are fairly inundated with and looking for answers so um, you you made a lot of fantastic points and i appreciate you sharing your perspective yeah, unfortunately, I I probably agree, but I'll be much happier if it becomes no longer relevant and like oh, more 
Niche. That would be good. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I would <laughs> love that. I want to go back to learning about sloths and uh, zebras and stuff like that more. Um, <laughs> all right, Chris, you've been a great guest. And thank you, listeners, for being such wonderful, curious people. Check out Decoding the Guru at GuruPod on Twitter. And we'll talk with you next week. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. If you want more episodes like it, go back through uh, January. Peek around through some of the episodes that we did around that time. Uh, love this subject matter. You know, obviously, um, I, I, uh, the stuff drives me uh, crazy. You know, um, and uh, and super frustrating and everything else but boy it's still so fascinating and uh real insight into uh the mind and perception and um and just what what kind of uh what what types of gossip us social creatures uh get really into and fall for and status cues and um and things like that that we all, every one of us, myself included, are all influenced and pushed and pulled in our uh, modern society by uh, by all of these weird old evolutionary pressures that are outdated but still quite real. And now um, confronted with things like uh, YouTube that has all sorts of amazing information and shows and content and everything else. And then also uh, stuff that's presented alongside uh, factual, objective, uh, boring old reality that's spiced up and juicy and sounds just as real if you don't know any better and trying to tease apart what's real out there and, and what we tend to gravitate towards fascinating troubling scary but fascinating and so we'll do more episodes like this in the future i'll do it i'll, I'll reach out um to some people to get some covid update uh episodes as well as i'm uh working toward you know part of the reason i was putting together a out um, I'm putting together an outdoor camp out for mind under matter is just uh because um uh, kind of no matter what happens, it'll still be outdoors and in the open air and everything. And, and so whatever, whatever new variant or whatever else may pop up between um, uh, now and then, um, uh, at least won't, um, uh, 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 will be mitigated by the fact that we're doing a big outdoor event, but I'm, I'm potentially lining up uh some touring and stuff this summer um, as well, and so I, I, I want to do an episode. See what uh, see what um, virologists and stuff. Which, by the way, hey, that, that's the funny thing with uh, with these um, conspiracy people is like, oh, you you just buy into the norms, and you're a sheeple following along, and and they get to think they're cool for being on the fringe or something. There's nothing more fringe than wearing a mask um, in uh, the end of April 
2022, by the way. Just walk around outside. Most people aren't wearing. If you were really concerned with not following the crowd and being fringe and being different and thinking for yourself, you'd still be wearing a mask indoors. Um, instead, it's always been more about pandering to people's uh, intuition. Um, so fascinating stuff. I'm going to have a uh, a virologist um, or or uh, something on a, so someone in the uh, infectious disease realm to talk about COVID soon. Give us some updates because um, I I know uh, uh, I I get the sense that there's a there's a lot of folks out there pretty um, frustrated and confused about how uh, how um, most of uh, uh, people are um, moving on and uh, rightfully want to uh, want to believe this is all safe and fine and everything's over. And I, I, I personally, I want to know. Uh, I want to know more. I want to know more about um, the what levels of testing uh, testing is still being done. What progress there is with uh with therapeutics is something i'm really excited about um as someone who's had a third booster and is uh potentially um uh going to be um approved to get another one soon if um i, I haven't been keeping up lately to see if that's uh, how much of a difference that makes for someone that isn't immunocompromised and and um, and that sort of thing. So, trying to uh, because I've kind of been checked out of the COVID world for the last uh, uh, couple months and taken a little break. I figured clearly everyone just needed um, a little bit of a break from it, but I, I think it would be valuable to get um, some some takes from people that actually study the disease and might have some insight on it because um, no matter what, it seems like if, uh, if you are someone um, that is uh, trying to um, avoid uh, getting COVID, you're kind of on your own and having to assume that um, that that's the the case it's 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 funny i don't i i just i just assume if i go around outside i just assume like oh just no one if you see a stranger just assume they don't have a clue what's going on with uh any covet situation I've, I've been grateful to be in an area where numbers are low and um and i've been lucky but it's just i, I had someone today uh, I was playing pickleball. Someone go um, make an announcement after playing pickleball that, like, oh, my husband's had COVID, and just so everyone knows, and I took a test, and I, I, I don't have it yet, and I feel okay, but you might want to wash your hands. Wa wash your hands? What are you talking about? You announced this after you've been in uh, space breathing around. <laughs> Around our, why do you even say anything? Wash your hands, <laughs> and that's like a best case. That's a best case scenario. I, like most people could. Ha there, there's people that'll have COVID, 
be symptomatic, know it, and not tell you. <laughs> like that person is actually trying to mean well, tells you after the fact that maybe she has <laughs> she has COVID. So you may want to decide to wash your hands um, because of a respiratory uh, <laughs> disease that you just spent two hours uh, in a, in the same space with this person. So, you know, you're on your own out there if you don't want to get COVID for now, but I'll, uh, I'll try to, um, I'll try to get some, uh, some updates. No numbers have, have been low. Um, you know, I'm super excited for summer and being outdoors more love summer generally, but especially when there is a global pandemic still floating around love summer hope you guys enjoy outdoors as much as possible and those of you that listen all the way to the end you are of course my favorites